Nerding out about something can be defined as becoming hyper-focused or attaining a wealth of knowledge about a topic. This is where we park our thoughts about anything really. Gaming, comic, life, those sorts of things. Welcome to the Co-Nerdcast. All right, Craig has joined the chat and he is recording. Oh, hey, Craig. All right, so good evening and welcome to the Co-Nerdcast. I'm Brock. And I'm Joe. This is where the two of us park our thoughts about, you know, anything really. Yeah, mostly things like gaming, comics, life, you know, anything kind of comes to our mind. And uh, to all those two people listening out there, hello. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different, correct, Joe? Yes, it is. Uh, and I can already feel eyes glazing over out there, unfortunately. Uh, Why okay. don't you take it away? <laughs> I will. Uh, okay, well, in today, in line with us geeking or nerding out about all things, you know, whenever we say nerding out, it people become or geeking out, you know, that's people becoming hyper focused on things. You can geek out about baking bread. You can geek out about Legos. You can geek out about nerf. Uh, yeah, nerf. Uh, I felt like I would talk a little bit uh, about something near and dear to my heart, and that is politics. Ooh. In particular, I am going to be talking about presidential approval ratings. And yes, I may say things that you may or may not agree with. And that's okay. Right. And people should remember that. It's all right so, to not agree with somebody. Absolutely. So like I said, we are going to be talking about presidential approval. In particular, Brock, do you know... Uh, have you ever checked out a presidential approval rating before? Uh, I won't lie. I don't see it very often. I usually just check it out um, if it's provided by a news or other media uh, service. Right. Um, but I usually don't just go like searching for it. What is it today? Right. So in general, um, scholars all agree that there are actually five things, five determinants of a presidential approval rating. And so that's what I'm actually going to talk to you guys about because I find it to be super interesting uh, to look into these five things that, you know, the, uh, that we, the people, or, you know, those surveys that you, that Gallup calls you up about, um, may talk to you about uh, and ask you if you approve or not in the president's handling of this, that, or the other. So with that, the five things that most scholars look toward um, having effect or the five determinants of presidential approval in no particular order are going that we're going to cover today are going to be the economy, uh, war, extraordinary domestic events, rally around the flag events, and scandals. Mm. Uh, the Good big topics. question I'm, yeah, the big question I'm going to ask uh, at the end, though, is, you know, are these the best way to determine whether or not a president's job is going well? If he's doing good, do you approve of the president by that? And um, the validity of the, the criteria, essentially. Absolutely. Um, 
again, I'm not going to be ranking them by importance, but I'm mostly going to be describing them in their entirety. Uh, and I looked up a bunch of papers for this, and I mean, I'll go ahead and describe each one as we go along, too. So let's start off with the big one, um, the economy. Everybody, I mean, everybody thinks that they know what the economy always is. You know, you can point to either gross domestic product or you can point to the stock market. The economy is important, but in a presidential approval rating. However, it is only important if you, the individual, are that interested in the economy. Apart from that, other priorities in your life take precedence on presidential approval. This is what I, this was a uh, thought that I saw pop up in a paper by called Evaluating the President on Your Priorities issue priorities, policy performance, and presidential approval. This was written in 2019. Um, Keep going. Anyway, uh, the literature that I reviewed actually stated that if you are attuned, that is, that the economy is important to you, then you look toward the president and his actions, or her actions in the future, I suppose, with an economic eye. I take this to mean that currently the economy is somewhat neutral. Like, I don't really think that the economy determines presidential approval at the moment, unless you yourself are hyper-focused upon the economy itself. They, uh, essentially, based on maybe where your spot is in socioeconomic status, you're going right. to have more of a stake in where the economy currently is. I mean, we all always have a stake, but it's going to have more of a a, a role in the forefront of your thought process depending on where you're at in that in your status correct correct um so that's the big thing that i saw with the economy if you are focused on the economy then yes it's going to be important in your approval rating of the president if you're not focused on the economy then it's not all that important but you know what might be important war uh this comes from a paper that was actually titled it's the war stupid um determinants of retrospective evaluations of american presidents uh so war is basically foreign po it's foreign policy with guns can we agree on that right uh war is foreign policy with visible aggression who as, who does that type of policy better than america but here's the thing as far as determining whether or not this is important to presidential approval uh, it depends on the country's desire to be at war versus the per overall personal cost. The literature uh, that I reviewed, again, it's the war, stupid, says that war can have a very positive impact upon presidential approval ratings. I mean, think back to uh, you and I are both of an age that we remember 9-11 and whenever the, uh, whenever the war in Iraq first started. You know, yeah. President Bush had a had a really good approval rating for that he did um, and we were at war troops were ramping up deployments were you know and uh spending for the war effort was in on the increase and uh, the uprise there if you will and yeah he did he had a very solid uh solid approval rating especially as we we're going into that but what i'm going to do is i'm actually going to put a pin in this because there was a there this ties into something that we'll talk about here 
in a moment. Uh, but the uh, other presidents as well have more often than not seen sort of their approval ratings go up if the war themselves are viewed as just. Uh, now, presidential approval rings, we really haven't been monitoring them all that much up until like Harry Truman's days. So, wow, that's really? That? We, that, yeah. Huh. Um, what, do you, what do you think that is, Joe, if you don't mind my asking? Technology, ease of accessing people. Think about how all of a sudden we'd be, we became able to just phone people up and say, hey, do you approve of the president or not? Yeah, and we can get that information so quickly now that that would make sense. Whereas before, you have to wait for maybe the quickest would be a telegraph. Right. So we're actually going to move on to what are called extraordinary domestic events. Now, that's a bunch of words for basically natural disasters, riots, a bunch of other items. So if a tornado comes to town or a hurricane floods your area, then guess what? That's an extra, extraordinary domestic event. The Black Lives Matter marches that we had last summer, uh, the riots in Ferguson, Illinois, about a decade ago, those are all, you know, extraordinary domestic events. Uh, for the literature I reviewed, I actually looked at um, a paper by the name of Public Evaluations of the President, Policy, Partisan, and Personal Determinants. Um, you know what it comes down to? Is it comes down to whether or not you like the president. If you, <laughs> if you, Brock, say, you know what? That guy over there, he's okay. If you genuinely like the person who is in charge, then that president's response to these extraordinary domestic events will either have a positive or negative. If the people do not like the president, then the extraordinary domestic events will have a detrimental uh, effect to his favorability rating. So, Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. I mean, looking back, uh, we see this with JFK. When JFK um, was seen in such a, a confident, strong, positive light whenever he was uh, debating, I, th I believe it was Nixon, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but he was seen in that light. And uh, a lot of people really liked him after that first televised debate. And yeah, that they just, there was something that they identified. It wasn't necessarily his politics, his stance, um, but yeah, they did. That was. You're right. If somebody just likes a president, that usually will have a big, big part in, uh, you know, if they approve of them or not as a leader. And so whenever President Trump was in office and we had events such as Charlottesville or the Black Lives Matter marches, when we had these extraordinary domestic events, his approval rating was already pretty far down. And the people that were marching against him were also people that already did not necessarily like him. And so they did not have a good effect upon his approval rating. So we're going to actually move on to something else. I kind of put a pin in this uh, from when we were talking about war, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. What, what I call it? Foreign, foreign policy with visible aggression. Uh, this is called a rally around the flag event. 
Oh. Rally, rally around the flag events are moments where Americans feel it necessary to vocalize their patriotism. Events that draw the nation together. You know, the Olympics. September 11th. September the 11th. Pearl Harbor. Absolutely. These things that, um, you know, make us feel united. Uh, Historically, and this actually comes from, you know, motivated reasoning, public opinion, and presidential approval. And um, this information comes from that paper. Historically, rally around the flag events have actually had a very positive effect upon the approval rating of the president. However, and I say historically, so remember back whenever I was talking about September the 11th, um, George Bush's, uh, his popularity just went through the roof. He had an 85% approval rating at one point. Oh, that's high. Um, however, since then, we have just become more partisan and more polarized on either side of the aisle. And with the current partisan polarization, I don't think that we will see, because we, we haven't seen much of a bump as far as the current Olympics goes in presidential approval. In fact, I checked earlier today, President Biden's approval rating is slipping just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you gotta look at it this way with the current polarization and a third of the U.S. population still believing that the election was stolen from the president, uh, from President Trump. Uh, the rally around the flag event would have to be huge. Whatever caused them to rally around the flag would have to be huge and tie all these people together in such a way that would make them set aside whatever differences they have. And frankly, I don't think that's possible at this stage with this current president. I would I would have to agree with you, unfortunately, on that. Um, it sounded like you were kind of uh, putting the Olympics in a rally around the flag uh, kind of event as well right now. And I, I'd been wondering that myself. But unless it, it seems like for a, a president or a leader in general, for an or for a, the approval to be really affected by this type of event it would have to be unfortunately some type of attack or something where they have to come together and there's a cause to fight for which the olympics i mean everybody wants to strive and get a medal but it's more about showing the best of what you can be as a country um i mean what i was thinking actually of was if if you don't mind um yeah Yesterday, I was listening to the testimony of the four uh, police officers. Absolutely. And I I was lucky I was able to catch it and listen to the whole thing while I was actually at work. Um, and that was a rally around the flag event, not for presidential approval rating, but for the current president for a completely different purpose. Right. Uh, and it's that I think has been what's led to the polarization because you almost had two. You had one rally around the flag in support of uh, then President Trump, and almost then was the other rally around the flag for other citizens who felt they were coming together against what they saw. You know, they didn't feel that there was a steal. You know, they didn't see any of that. So that I feel we had almost two events simultaneously occurring that has led to an increase in that polarization that you were talking about earlier. Right. Um. Absolutely. And I mean, so for 
I, I guess one of the big kind of rally around the flag events that could and has happened in the past is unfortunately, you know, assassination attempts or presidential assassinations where all of a sudden we come together as a nation and mourn the loss of our president. However, again, with our current state that we are in, I just don't see that happening. If unfortunately president Biden was to, if something was to happen to him, I don't see it benefiting presidential approval ratings at all. No, his own. Yeah. His own presidential approval ratings. Right. Um, we're going a little bit long here, so I'm going to sort of move us oh, yeah, along. Yeah. I hope you don't mind. Um, the last one I wanted to talk about really was uh, your friend and mine, Scandals. Um, <laughs> and in particular, the paper that I'm looking at, uh, Job Approval and Favorability, the Impact of Media Attention on the Monica Lewinsky Scandal on Public Opinion of President Bill Clinton. Now, Brock, you are, I think, about 10 years younger than me at this point in time a, uh, the last era of 80s babies 89 all right yeah so you're seven years younger than me you probably don't remember the uh the monica lewinsky scandal too much what's funny is i do i was in elementary school and it was happening not that i remember the whole thing but i remember uh being on of all places this you know or in, being in of all places a school bus and uh, the fifth graders were in a pretty intense debate about it at the time. And I had no idea what was going on, but I do remember them discussing. And I thought, well, what does that matter? I'm, I was a kid. Well, for purposes of edification for people that don't really understand. So scandals are a president's private problems becoming public. Uh, the, you know, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, if anybody's ever watched the uh, show the West Wing whenever uh, President Bartlett was uh, had his uh, MS become public. To put it simply, scandals are gossip writ large. In normal jobs, scandals would be, you know, be cause for talks with human resources or conversations with the neighbor. But in a presidency, you know, the morality of the scandal can have a great effect upon how presidents are viewed because we view this guy to, or, you know, at some point in the future girl to be the leader of our nation, to have, you know, strict ethics, morals, you know, uh, and the literature actually reviewed makes the case that a scandal can be both a benefit and a detriment to approval ratings. Because first off, guess what? It allows for a president or presidential candidate to get free airtime. Remember whenever President Trump was actually running for president and it basically felt like he was saying anything that he could and people would just pick it up and repeat it? He created a lot of sound bites. He created a lot of sound bites. Guess what, though? People got used to him being in the air. The problem is, so it does allow for the president or presidential candidate to get that free airtime, but it also allows us to call into question the character of the person in that position of power. Uh, so scandals can, again, be both a benefit and a detriment to the president and his approval ratings. So out of those five, uh, and kind of want to wrap it up a little quickly here. Does anything stand out 
for you, Brock. Uh, any questions that you might have? Um, not that I think we have the time to address. I'll okay. say it that way. Um, I think that you uh, you covered really those five those five uh, areas of presidential approval um, in pretty succinct uh, way. Um, where you know I I definitely have a little bit better understanding of some of those, especially the rally around the flag events. Uh, you know, economy, war, and uh, domestic are pretty pretty self explanatory. But rally around the flag and scandals, honestly, that. I wouldn't have thought before that, uh, you know, that not just a hindrance, which is where I always would have thought a scandal would be, but potentially there are some benefits to a scandal for a, a president's pr approval rating. So well done on that. I, I definitely would not have considered that uh, that view. So I actually think this brings me to my conclusion, which is, again, uh, we were trying to look at what if these five determinants actually do determine a presidential approval rating. And you know what? I kind of feel it depends upon the president at the time and the event surrounding it. So whoever is the president, what the actual political outlook of both parties looks like and what kind of event is happening, what the, you know, what is happening in the economy, what is happening uh, in foreign policy, what's happening as far as an extraordinary domestic event. It does depend upon who is there, how we view the president already, and whether or not he is he can do good or she can do good, or if we just think that they'll just you know screw it up. It no, I, it, I completely agree. So, um, like I said, in conclusion, I feel that the whoever the president is, approval rating is. You know, depending upon them, especially with the polarized area that we have now. Yeah, it's it's going to depend more on almost on as individual citizens who they identify with more. Um, and especially, I mean, and that's going to play as well into, you know, how would they see a president is is doing with the economy? Um, you know, it's still fairly uh, soon or I think it'd be kind of quick to to judge with President Biden what's going on. But if we look at like previous presidents like President Trump or uh, President Barack Obama, um, how- If, you, if you, know, you want to talk about President Trump real quick, let's talk about President uh, just for like 20 seconds maybe. But the economy has improved and it did improve under President Trump. It mm -hmm. has continued to improve under President Biden. But it actually started its improvement with President Obama. True. And President Trump just sort of caught that uphill swing. I know people will argue with me on that, but, and let's just say that, you know, the he did not crash the economy. He did not. He definitely did not crash the economy. And, um, and with any president, you know, there are things that I agree or disagree with, but there were some things for the economy he did well. There were some things that I didn't care for, which we don't have time to go into, uh, whether I, whether I liked him or not. But yeah, he definitely did not crash the economy. He kept it going, and depending on I think people's individual perceptions of him is how they're going to judge that. Even though really it went up, some people 
they don't like him, so they still aren't going to care. And they're going to feel like he did a bad job. Others love him and they're going to say, well, he did a great job. Look at, you know, it did, it was going up the whole time. Like you said, I really do think that those five areas, it's going to depend more so now that now these days on a individual or just the citizens, uh, individual perceptions of how they feel about that president, how they're going to judge them in those five categories. Right. So I guess that'll do it for today. Before we go, any activity that you're currently nerding out about? Um, well, I have uh, re-entered into, as you mentioned earlier, Lego, which for the first time, uh, you know, i a uh, science teacher by trade and passion. Um, but I, I love deep sea exploration. So I have the entire uh, Lego city set currently with deep sea exploration with subs uh, and bases. And uh, yeah, it's it's been extremely fun to be able to build that and put it together with my wife. She's she's really fun to build Legos. <laughs> um, awesome. And then I've gotten into the recent expansion of Magic, the Forgotten Realms, which is great mm-hmm. because it's a marriage of the game, card game Magic the Gathering and the Forgotten Realms are D&D. So it's all of the characters, the monsters, and the lore of Dungeons and Dragons that has now become a part of the Magic uh, the Gathering universe. Right. Uh, for so me, how about I, yourself? Uh, yeah, for me, I've actually started playing bass. Really? Yeah, I picked up a bass and I've started trying to teach myself how to play it. So uh, it's going fairly decently. I haven't had the dog howling at me yet. And well, <laughs> the wife just sort of shakes her head and smiles. So now there are, uh, if I'm right, there are at least two different types of basses. So is this a giant stand up bass that, you know, you're doing jazz on? Or are you going a little bit lower, lower guitar on the, the guitar? It's actually, it's actually even nerdier than that. Okay. Oh, this, uh, this is a thing called a U bass. It is a bass in the form of a ukulele. <laughs> and it and it plays nicely anyway uh thanks everybody for listening uh we will catch you guys again soon sounds great have a wonderful evening everybody thank you for talking joe thanks for listening if you would like to comment ask a question or just say hey you can do so by dropping us an email at conerdcast at gmail.com.